0: This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you by the Pocket Testament League. Visit ptl.org for practical resources and encouragement to help you share your faith. ptl.org Hey, welcome to I Work For Him this afternoon. We're so grateful grateful that you're tuning in and listening on so many different ways, Martha. They're tuning in on the radio. They're tuning into the podcast. They're tuning in to the streaming off our website. But we want to hear from people when they're doing that.
1: We sure do. So one of the things, you know, this show is for our listeners. I mean, that's the whole... There, you guys just are the, to hear us talk? No, No, because we not. can do that for free. We, we do that all day long when we're not on the air, Jim. So um, you, this show is for you listeners. We love you. We care about you. And we want to know what kind of impacts um, the stories, the books, the people that we are introducing them to, um, what impact it's making. So go to our website, iworkforhim.com. Uh, click on the comments contact page, and you can send us a message there. Also, you know, Jim, I mean, we're pretty much out there. I tried to get you on Snapchat today, but it wouldn't download. We promised, we we've been
0: promising all week. I, I
1: worked on that one. Epic So, fail. so here are listeners. Once I get Jim on Snapchat, somebody go find him, okay? Because I don't want him to be lonely out there. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, iworkforhim.com has all of our links, our YouTube channel, LinkedIn, um, as well as all the other social media. I don't count LinkedIn as social media.
0: <laughs> it is social oh, media. Oh yeah, we go, go play on LinkedIn. Media. Yeah, that's right. Hey, but thanks for tuning in all over Tampa Bay on AM 570 and 910 and FM 102.1 in Lakeland and all over Jacksonville on The Truth and Talk 100.3 on the, in St. Augustine, Jacksonville and Folkestone, Georgia. And of course, the Hampton Roads area of Virginia on The Lighthouse, AM 1010 and mm-hmm. FM 100.1. You know, what does it really mean to take God to work? Is there a specific formula to make it look right? When we get to work, why is it we're so prone to turn God off? What is that anyway? As you sit there today listening to us, and maybe some of you are running and maybe some of you are walking, but as you sit there listening to us today, are you in on mode or off mode? Did you take God to work or did you leave him at home? Or maybe are you at home and you left him in the closet? I'm not sure. But what today we're going to talk with David Winters and Steve Reynolds. They wrote this book, Taking God to Work, The Keys to Ultimate Success. The book is full of so many great thoughts, so many great ideas, but one chapter dealt with something that I've never heard anybody deal with in a book recently. And I mean recently, the last six years, as we've done (laughs) hundreds of authors on this show, how to how to avoid temptations in the workplace. And that's something everybody deals with. This is something that every Jesus follower deals with every day. Yet I've never read a book that blatantly dealt with it. So today, stay tuned as we'll all learn how to avoid temptations at work with David Winters, Steve Reynolds. Welcome to I Work for Him.
2: Thank you.
3: Good to be with you today. Yeah, we're excited the topic.
0: Yeah, we're and we're excited to have you guys and you know, as we do with every first time guest on I Work for Him, we always ask the question how did you become a Jesus follower? What, what What's your Jesus story? David, we'll let you go first.
2: Okay, well, when I was 13 years old, uh, my mom and the choir director at our church uh, dragged me off to a uh, concert at a nearby school, and um, there was a singer who had been a nightclub singer and gave his heart to Christ, and uh, he got hooked up with the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, and they did a movie about his conversion and about his life. And when I was up there in the audience uh, at the end of the uh, uh, concert part after the movie had already played, I started crying, and I really didn't know why. And I remember a voice speaking to me, and I said, are you God? And uh, the voice said, yes go down front and they'll tell you what to do. And so wow. as a 13-year-old, a you know, I didn't know all the ins and outs or theology. I'd been raised Methodist up to that point, too. And, um, you know, I just really didn't know exactly what it meant to give my whole uh, life and self to, uh, to Christ. So I went down front, and sure enough, they gave me the same literature as if I'd been in a stadium uh, with Billy Graham, and I thought, hey, this is that same literature I've seen on TV at his Crusades. and uh, for, that was really my starting point, and I uh, am so thankful that God reached out to me because I didn't have anything in myself that uh, warranted or uh, merited that, but He said, look, you're going to need me in your life, and uh, I'm going to... Uh, apply my salvation to you and that was a big big day for me
3: Mm,
1: that's so fabulous thank you for sharing that with us so Steve how about you Um, how did you become a follower of Jesus I'm uh,
3: so blessed and so fortunate that I accepted Christ as a child and uh, so I grew up in a uh, strong Christian home and um, actually got saved at like a old-fashioned church revival and uh, we went to like a country church in Appomattox Virginia outside Lynchburg, Virginia, and uh, they had a, they brought in an evangelist for the week. And uh, you know, back in that day, you'd go, like, all week long and every night. And uh, so that happened, and, and on that Thursday night, August 16, 1968, uh, I asked Jesus Christ to be my Savior and my Lord. And uh, th- I'm thankful that, you know, although I never... Uh, have n't been perfect by a long shot, but I'm thankful <laughs> God helped me through a lot of things. Uh, getting saved early in life, so I'm gra- I'm glad to be saved as a child.
1: So. Mm, that's fabulous. So today we're talking about a book that the both of you wrote together with Steve Reynolds and David Winters, and it's called Taking God to Work. How did you guys your lives intersect and get to the point where you then wrote a book together?
2: Well, I met Steve at a uh, men's ministry conference up in Washington and he was talking about um his other passion which is weight loss and he wrote a bestseller called Bod for God and he was talking about the principles of that book and I felt like God was trying to tell me you you need to lose some weight, man. <laughs> and uh, and it worked. You know, I went to his program, uh, got to know him as a person, and was just so blown away by his ability to just preach the Scripture without interjecting a lot of other things that were, you know, just his personality or whatever. And from that, uh, I eventually came to be a member at Steve's Church, Capitol Baptist. And that, uh, you know, put us together in the same, the same area. And God began to talk to me about writing a book um, about work, and I'll let Steve tell the rest of it.
3: Yeah, so basically uh, around that same time I was, uh, each fall we do what we call the Spiritual Growth Campaign, and we just pick a big topic and go real deep with it, and a lot of times we actually give everybody a, a copy of a book. And so I was thinking about maybe using the, the topic of work, and so I started looking into that and researching it, and i uh, really what i found out at least by my search I and mean, there were really weren't many new books being written on on work and i just had this little uh... moment of like uh... well maybe you need to write a book on mm-hmm. work mm-hmm. but honestly i ignored that and, and said well that that's something else for somebody else and it was shortly after that david came to me and said hey what do you think about us writing a book on work so so, so at that point in time, i thought okay God, let's do it
0: well what i love about the fact is that you know, first of all we got the reference to you guys somebody that works at the pentagon said hey i just read this book jim you should interview these guys so that's just so you know people in the pentagon are reading your book that's either good or bad. I don't know what you guys got going on outside. you know. But the, the whole premise behind, okay, taking to God, God to work is that both of you agree that it's a good idea to take God to work. So that's the premise. But at what point in time in your life, Steve, did you realize that your faith and your work should be intricately connected? Sure. Well,
3: early on, I mean, I really, I think the thing that breaks my heart the most is, you know, um, I'm just in shock at, at, uh, at pastors and how few pastors I'm talking to. Uh, have ever even preached on this topic. I'm, I'm I'm literally thinking it's like less than 10%. It's just staggering to me. It's
0: less than one, just in, in case you're wondering.
3: I've been in the same church since 1982, and I think I've done four series on, on work in, in that, that time. And I'm just thinking that's kind of normal. All the pastors are doing that. But, but no, that's not true. And um, so basically, you know, I mean, the thing that sh- 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 shakes me up about that is for the longest time, I realized the Bible says you do it to the Lord, you know, whatever you do. And then the next verse says as a reward. And uh, the, I don't know how all that's going to work with God, but I do know this. He's going to reward us if we'll take him to work. And unfortunately, a lot of uh, pastors aren't training their people to know how to do that. So it's going to be a loss of reward.
0: So, David, what about you? Mm-hmm. How, really quick, how did you make that connection between your faith and your work?
2: Well, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a lunkhead. So it took three or four big events through my career. The first one, I was so miserable. I was living in Oklahoma. And after that, uh, I gave my whole career to God. And then about five years before I retired, I was starting to have anxiety attacks. And that really brought me to my knees helped me to realize I needed God intricately involved in every day of work.
0: Steve Reynolds and David Winters, they wrote this book, Taking God to Work, The Keys to Ultimate Success. A buddy of mine who works at the Pentagon told me about it and said, hey, Jim, you should interview these guys. So I reached out, got hold of David, he sent me a copy of the book. And when I'm looking over the book and reading the book, I came across one chapter that I'm like, whoa, we could do a whole hour on this chapter. So that's what we're going to do. The chapter was, hey, what you know dealing with temptation at work or avoiding temptation at work that's we're beating temptation at work sorry all of a sudden i'm stumbling myself martha help me out here for a second I don't
1: have it in front of me you guys the authors they could tell us probably okay
0: so you know this let's what what prompted you to deal with temptation in this book Because most books talk about the practical, the tactical, the factual, the biblical, and why we should take God to work. But you actually gave real tactical on dealing with temptation.
3: Sure. Well, as a pastor, I mean two things. One is I see so many people dividing their lives up into the secular and the spiritual and thinking that the work is secular and like going to church is spiritual. But that's totally Uh, not biblical. And so I wanted to, you know, just really help people to bring that together. And then secondly, just seeing the struggle that people face at work, I mean, people succumbing to temptation and falling and, and uh, you know, getting involved in, in uh, sinful things. So I just wanted, wanted to help them to be able to overcome them. And to do that, a big part of that is knowing what are the greatest struggles people face.
0: Right. So, David, when you you and Steve came together and started working on this, was this something that, you know, you ever dealt with working in, working as a civilian for the armed services for 30 years?
2: Uh, yeah, just two or three times in the 30s. In the <laughs> no,
3: this is really
2: all over the place. I mean, it's amazing uh, as we go out into the world, you know, it's uh, uh, a world that's not, controlled by God in every respect, and there's definitely a lot of people in it that have not yielded their life to Christ. So from just the fear and greed that uh, hangs over a lot of workplaces to uh, individual bad behaviors of individual people, um, there's a lot of opportunity to see uh, the fallen part of human nature. And so what I really, you know, in my heart wanted to see us do is look at uh, the major temptations and to figure out what those were for, you know, a, a given congregation. So uh, Steve did an amazing survey of his uh, um, congregation and got all kinds of input from not just them, but social media And uh see if you can talk a little bit. Yeah,
0: yeah, talk about that because I'm Yeah, well I just I mean I'm my my
3: primary gift is exhortation, so when I speak I I you know, I'm very practical. So (laughs) I like to I like to know, you know, where people are because, you know, i mean I, I face certain temptations in my my uh job but you know what are, what are other people facing and so so i you know we we run about seven fifty eight hundred typically on most sundays and so i you know took about three or four weeks and surveyed our church and then i have a uh, you know almost five thousand friends on facebook and i kind of put put it out there and you know i got you know not, it's not a scientific study by any means but i mean I did get you know hundreds of people to, to give input so I feel like it's pretty pretty solid uh and uh so you know we I, we want to take each one and, and, and talk about it what it looked like and then come up with a like a remedy for it or whatever and uh, and so that's really what this is this is all about all
1: right. you know, and I love that point that it's not just identifying them but giving a remedy and how yeah. to overcome it how to, how to beat it per se because that's really the part you know I want to see our listeners walk away with this number one to identify some things they didn't necessarily realize were temptations and there's a couple here that i was like oh never thought of that before but you're so right and um then being able to give some solutions give some ways to beat it so i'm looking forward to this so conversation
0: you listed these top 12 and in descending order so yep. number 12 fear number 11 compromising beliefs then stealing from the company lying overeating or unhealthy eating Un, or unhealthy foods Excuse me. overeating or eating unhealthy foods <laughs> sitting at your desk in front of your computer. That never happens. All right. Complaining, anger, laziness, cursing, or swearing, misusing technology, gossiping. And the number one issue, the number one temptation people want to beat at work is sexual misconduct and romance. So gentlemen, as we deal with these, I want to start with number one because this is the number one thing that we hear about the destruction of families being caused by romance and sexual misconduct at work let's talk about this and, and and I know that I I kind of approached it in a different angle on the questions that I sent you but I just I know that we need to deal with the things that are the biggest issues and if they're the biggest issues in your congregation they're the biggest issues in every congregation sure. because I mean it's not like it's any yeah yeah you know, I mean it's not like you guys have special things going on oh yeah you do in DC I'm oh, sorry <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. I was you were gonna go there <laughs> yep, yep. I'm not no. gonna
0: jump on that soapbox but we know that there's issues okay all right so let's talk about sexual misconduct and romance talk to us about that as a temptation and what do we do with it yeah in our workplace.
3: well you know it's basically very logical when you think about it okay so so you go off to work and and what do you do I mean you, you try to put yourself the best way you can, right? You you, know, you look look the best you can. You smell the best you can. You try to act the best you can. You know, I mean, you're you're you know, this is kind of like the peak of your best behavior because you, got, you know, you're in public and you got a paycheck and you want to do well and and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then you combine that with okay, we've got these tasks to perform. We have got these goals to accomplish. We have got these projects, to, you know, to deal with. And so there you are working in these closed confines, uh, particularly you know, men and and women. And, and so, you you know, you've come very, very close. And then, you know, next thing you know, uh, and, and I, when I'm telling this story, I've heard this story several dozen times as a pastor. So just, just so you know, I'm not mm-hmm. on the side of the air or whatever. Right. And, uh, you know, before you know it, you're, you know, as you're pass in the paper to one another you, your hand slips on the other person's hand a little too much or you know, unhealthy hugs or, or I mean just one one thing start, starts snowballing you know the and the way Satan operates and and um and so you know just seeing that trap and we were fortunate to have one one brave A man in our church that was willing to reveal himself, and he actually told the whole church. I mean, he gave a testimony. But he has a child out of wedlock that all occurred from an affair that happened in the workplace, and um, and he and we were that story actually in the book. And so I really respected him for you know helping us keep it real. Mm -hmm. And he's doing a great job, you know, raising his daughter, and, and and we're really proud of him or whatever. But but you know. This is just—I mean, it's just so uh, you know, like seventy percent of affairs start in the workplace, and it makes total sense to me that it would happen that way. And um, so, basically, I just encourage people: just you know, remember, you know, God is there. You know, just you know, again, He He's not just at the church. I mean, work is spiritual, and and He's present at work. So you know, take Him to work. You know, bring bring Him into the routine of your 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 life, and. And then recognize, you know, God has a plan, and also recognize Satan has a plan. I mean, just just understand that, you know, this temptation is going to come up because of what I just described, you know. And, uh, I mean, just without being too, too whatever, I mean, I'm, I've I got a nice pair of pants and a shirt on here, and, you know, i got my hair off. Fixed up. I'm at the church right now. Well, it's nice you have when hair. When I go home, <laughs> I'm going to put on a, a pair of gym shorts, and I mean, I may put on a t-shirt that's clean or not clean or has holes or doesn't have holes. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. So whatever. you're saying
0: you give your wife second yeah, best am I, am clothing? Yeah, my wife. She's going to do. A, you know, she'll do a little bit better. But uh, <laughs> okay,
3: but you talking. we home. this that's, chapter. Cool, this you
0: know, right, whatever. You know? right. This chapter is time. Hey, we're talking with Steve Reynolds and David Winters who wrote this book taking god to work we're focusing on their chapter beating temptation at work okay so we've talked about where the temptation comes from the sexual misconduct the romance temptation that comes from at work but what are we doing to beat it because remembering that we're taking god to work that's one thing but to beat this temptation there's some pretty proactive things you know andy stanley would call them guardrails there's some serious guardrails some walls that need to be built here to get this done
3: yeah, yeah. Well, the Bible says don't make provision for the flesh. So that's that's to me, to me that's it's uh, all all about you know meetings and the way you handle meetings and just just honestly you you know you know the biggest sexual organ we have is our brain. I mean we you know we we you know we know when that's coming coming up and even finding a trusted friend, somebody that's close enough to you that you should say hey, you know I'm, I'm a little bit attracted to this person here you know, I don't don't want to do anything or whatever and just you know just having some accountability. In uh, your life can can go a long ways, and mm-hmm. then just remember the you know the fruit you know the, at the end. I mean, you, you know whatever you sow, you you reap. And just trying to you know for me that's what's helped me to be sexually pure. Just remember the devastation that will happen, and you know the the, sh- the short term you know pleasure isn't worth the long term negative effects. And just keeping your head on straight, basically, and just thinking this thing through and realizing you know how important this stuff is, and and uh, fleeing the temptation like joseph joseph was in the workplace you know when he with with potiphar's wife he was actually at work and that was his job take care uh, of the place there and and run things and that temptation happened right there in the workplace and and you know sometimes we just have to flee i mean it may even come to the point where you do have to actually go get another job so whatever it takes is what it comes down to
0: You know, and the collateral damage from having an affair at work is it it lasts not a lifetime, but it lasts several lifetimes because if it results in divorce, it impacts your children and your grandchildren, and it may destroy the reputation of marriage for lifetimes of the people that follow behind you. Hey, you're listening to iWork. Remember, having a great conversation about beating temptation at work. Here's a conversation. Martha, I don't know that we've ever talked about this on the air before.
1: Yeah, I don't think so. Other than maybe Jim, just the the things that we have talked about in the realm of Crown Financial Ministries and being a steward and I know we've had conversations about like don't take home the paper clips from work. Like uh, that kind of temptation.
0: And we've had marriage conversations, many marriage conversations, but this one specifically yes. beating temptation at work. Ladies and gentlemen, we, we have on the air with us today, Steve Reynolds and David Winters. They wrote this book together, Taking God to Work, the Keys to U- Ultimate Success. It has all kinds of phenomenal information, but I kind of honed in as I'm reading this book on this is a phenomenal chapter. Yeah. They wrote a chapter called Beating Temptation at Work, and we just dealt with the number one temptation, which is sexual misconduct, having an affair, romance in a workplace. That is a temptation, not just for men, but also for women, although it impacts impacts men more than women, but it impacts both.
1: What do you mean it impacts men
0: more than women? I know women. it seems
1: to be the collateral damage. But there's, but there's two involved. Well, so. okay. <laughs> that,
0: is, that is true. What I meant to say is it tends to be Christ following men. Uh, you know what? The, no. Steve, David, Steve mentioned, Steve, you talked about this chapter. Which Who do you see struggling with this more in your church? The men of the church or the women of the church?
3: I mean, yes. It, I mean, I think it's, it's it's a hard question. Yes, the men. I would say that, but I mean, in today's culture, I mean, it, it's coming pretty close to even. I would say so.
0: Wow, very good. All right, so that was-
3: overwhelmingly men. That's for sure. It's it's more men, but but not you know. It's it's happening. Yeah,
0: David, what were you going to say?
2: Well, I wanted to jump in with just one one comment about this part, and that is. You know, a lot of people, especially when they're younger in the workforce, they think romance, love, whatever you want to call it, just floats in out of the ether, and that they have no control (laughs) over how they feel, over what they do. Um, And, you know, that just isn't the case. Uh, As you walk along with the Lord... You get to realize that he asks you in uh, scriptures like Colossians 3.5, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetous, which is idolatry. Because we have a part to play. We have to guard our mind. If We start going in the wrong direction. We need to incorporate, uh, you know, God into that struggle. Mm-hmm. Let him uh, send you in a different direction. And, you know, those thoughts can flee pretty fast if you call on your faith, if you start your day with prayer, if you worship when you see good things happen to you at work related to your job, if you just incorporate God into what you're doing all day, it's not that hard to uh, to resist some of these temptations. So I just wanted to throw that in because I know it can feel... Uh, you know, like, oh, this just happened to me. But as you get closer and closer with another person, God might be telling you, hey, this isn't your spouse. Uh, let's draw back just a little bit and, you know, find a different friend maybe that's not of the opposite sex or something uh, when you're getting into a shady area.
1: So I just want to let our listeners know that these authors that we have on today, Steve Reynolds and David Winters, and they wrote a book called Taking God to Work. We get to give away a copy of this book today. So if our conversation is intriguing you and you're wanting to learn more, we're only covering one chapter out of the book. And so there is so many great nuggets of wisdom in here and help for your journey at work. So give us a call on our listener line, 866-713-9675. That's 866-713-WORK. And leave me some information and we can connect with you about getting you a copy of this book, Taking God to Work.
0: You know, one of the things that Martha and I have done in our careers is we've always made sure our workplaces, so if I was working one place, I made sure everybody knew my wife. And Martha's Mm -hmm. always made sure everybody knew her husband. And what I know about women is that women are extraordinarily loyal to their husbands. And it only comes about the point when they've been separated and pushed and and damaged and hurt that they start to look anywhere else but if a woman knows that another man is being faithful to his wife often she'll keep him off limits and so i want to make sure, i make sure that all the women in my life know about martha they know martha they know how i feel about martha and she's done the same thing and that's another real proactive way to do it because because the woman's psyche deals with loyalty differently than the men's psyche he just gets driven by sexual hormones so it's, it's a little bit different all right so next the number two of temptations beating temptations at work is gossiping you know i think david you were going to comment on this well how is gossiping a, a, a how will that destroy our witness at work and destroy other people
2: well you know talking about uh other people when they're not present is really a trap and as a professional or as a worker who wants to be uh, the best you can be at your job, um, that reflects poorly on you, regardless of the spiritual angle. Uh, you know, as a manager for um, 20 years in uh, in government, uh, nothing turns off a supervisor faster than if you walk into his or her office and start saying how oh, uh, this is happening to that person, and, and oh, they're involved in this. And, you know, if it isn't work-related, uh, you really don't need to, uh, uh, to share it. And then if it's negative, you need to really, really make sure you have your facts straight, and also you need to have talked it over with that person. You know, there can be dysfunction on a team that requires bringing issues to light sometimes, but it's never you talking to another employee about the bad behavior of uh of a coworker?
0: you know but okay steve you run a church with seven or eight hundred people in it you know one of the biggest gossip circles is when people start pr- sharing prayer requests uh, mm-hmm. they, they call, i mean yep. how, how do you stop that in its tracks in the church
3: yeah well i think making people aware you know raising it to the level of talking about it. you know, just the things that are kind of in secret or hidden, I mean, bring them to light and just, you know, raise the issue and just make sure people understand, particularly, you know, every once in a while I'll talk about that little game you can play where, you know, one person tells another, another person tells another, and just show how the story totally changes around. And just, I mean, it's, 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 not, it's nothing easy about it, but just. You know, the Bible talks about, warns us about, you know, communicating things that aren't true. It's really a form of lying. You're sitting here telling something you you may or may not know is correct, and then you're passing it on to the next person. And, and honestly, I mean, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never Ooh. hurt me. That's, that's straight out of hell, that statement. It so, is. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> word, words hurt deeply, you know. And, and
1: where did that come from? I love how straightforward you are. Because, yeah, you know, Jim I'm, and I have talked about that very saying on the air and why in the world we have that to go back to as you know from our childhood because it's horrible it's it's so not true
3: i'm 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 a straight up guy so
0: So, david what are some of the proactive things that you mention in the book on ways to uh, to beat the gossip temptation
2: well for first and foremost uh is the golden rule that Uh, You need to treat other people with respect like you'd like to be treated. Mm -hmm. So um, remembering who you are in Christ uh, allows you to um, uh, speak about other people with God's eyes on. Uh, Realize no one does anything for no reason. You know, if they're taking shortcuts, if they're... you know, not being everything you wish they could be, uh, there are reasons for that. And some of them are personal choice, but some of them are also uh, difficult circumstances at work. And so we need to look behind uh, the outward behavior to how we can really love people. And that gets into one of the major themes of our book, which is you can transform your workplace. You know, you're not stuck in a place that's static and can never change. You can have a tremendous impact if you start to head off and slow down uh, the negative behaviors of your coworkers. And frankly, if you can help God to make your workplace a more righteous place just by promoting healthy uh, alternatives. Mm-hmm like mentioning how uh, positive someone's uh, outcome was on a given project. Uh Uh, Promoting those around you as opposed to trying to denigrate them, thinking that that's somehow going to make you look better to the boss.
1: Yeah. So I want to just remind our listeners that if this conversation is intriguing and you are in a workplace where you would like to be Um, a conduit for some transformation, call our listener line and get a copy of this book we're talking about today. It's called Taking God to Work by Steve Reynolds and David Winters. And our phone number is 866-713-9675, 866-713-WORK. So let's talk about this temptation of misusing technology, because I can guarantee you that most of us in some form or another of our workplace are are. Um, exposed to technology, so Steve, how? Um, what is this whole temptation? And give us some ways that we can um, avoid that.
3: Sure. Well, I mean, I think you know, as, as we know, it can be as you know, simple as uh, spending time on social media and not not doing your job, and particularly, you know, when it comes to. You know, at least in this area, a lot of people are you know are able to work from home and things like that. Right. Even in the workplace, I mean, people are spending time there, and that's that's it's for their form of stealing. And then it runs all the way over to you know looking at pornography and th- things you shouldn't be shouldn't be looking at. So, so I think a lot of that has to do with just you know making uh, integrity a, a big part of your life, and just just realizing that you know. That it is stealing. You know, a lot of people don't think of right. it. So many people are doing it, you know. The, the big thing about taking God to work is that, you know, you're you're working for Him. And whether somebody sees or doesn't see or knows or doesn't know whether the boss is there or not, or not there, it really doesn't affect anything, you know, because we're taking God to work. Whatever we're doing, we're doing it to Him. So I think just realizing the sacredness of of, of you know the media and, and yes it's been a wonderful thing that we can use them in such a positive way but it's also something that can be used in a destructive way and just realize the you know the power of, of media and then even come to the point of just you know accountability with people and and uh, you know when it comes to pornography there's lots of tools out there to help people you know to be able to see what you're looking at and and, and things mm-hmm. like that but just really really taking it serious because it's it's I mean, it's no doubt about it. It's 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 right up there next to sexuality. I mean, it really is, and gossip. I mean, the, I mean, these three run really tight together when it came to the survey.
1: So, I just have a really quick question: Is it stealing of time? Is that where you see the stealing?
3: Yeah, sure. So I mean, th- yeah. I don't think. I mean, as far as I know, not many people have. Uh, on their job description to look at their Facebook or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly
1: right. I am sure you can. You know, we're we're social all, media marketing. <laughs> all,
3: most of us, including me, are a little bit addicted to that and things like yeah. that, you know. And so we just have to be honest about that and just realize that. Mm. And the big thing is, I mean, culturally, I mean, you know, it's one of the things almost everybody's doing. And you now there are certain jobs that, you know, they, right. they don't let you Being have honest. to to right. it and things like that.
0: Taking God to Work is the name of the book. Steve Reynolds and David Winters wrote this book together. David, I want to go to you for a second, because we're not going to be able to get through all these 12. We're only going to deal with probably one more on the show. We but want him to read the book. I want you guys to read the book, so <laughs> call in and get a copy of the book. 866-713-9675, 866-713-WORK. All right, David, has there ever, was there ever a time, was temptation ever an issue for you in your workplace in the military?
2: Well, absolutely. Um, you know, I think uh, a variety of temptations over a career tend to plague people. When you're new, uh, you might be tempted to lie about things that make you look bad. You might try to cover up mistakes you've made. Mm. Um, I think that that's very important uh, phase to grow out of. Some people never grow out of it in their career, but uh, any kind of dishonesty um, is going to come back and eventually bite you. Um, you know, you really need to. Okay, wait, a minute,
0: wait, wait. But I asked a question. I, is that not, no more ethereal answers. I want to know about you. <laughs> what did you struggle with? Well, what was something there, that you had there, to overcome there, beating temptations at work?
2: Well, that was absolutely one that um, you know. The first five years of my career uh, was a problem. Secondly, mm. I moved to um, uh, Chicago uh, about. Uh, Five years into my career as well, and at that point, uh, I was in a new city. Um, there was all kinds of temptation uh, related to work, but I had a um, you know a young lady friend that I had moved there with, and keeping that relationship. On track because um, uh, you know she was just a friend from work in Oklahoma she found the job in Chicago uh, first and you know it took some uh, some effort on my part to um, not socialize with her outside of work uh, to keep it on the, the straight and narrow and it wasn't like it was out of my um, holiness and close relationship with God he cut things off between us three or four times that could have really gone in the wrong direction. But one thing he, he allowed me to, to see was if I was going to be alone with her outside the office, that was going to be a problem and i think uh when i first was in that situation too um you know not married uh not really in a relationship going on travel was a gigantic temptation for me Uh, when i was younger i was of the opinion i could have a drink or two uh on the road um you know Mm -hmm. different people have different thoughts about that in christianity i'm not advocating one way or another Uh, i'm just saying that for me that opened up all kinds of vulnerability for me. Uh, Not just the co-workers, but random people you'd meet. And there's a lot of lonely people staying in hotels and and motels around uh, around the world. So it's not a good uh, environment if you don't really bring God with you on the road when you take him to work that's, as well.
1: That's so true. And, you know, one of the things I love about this list is it's very practical, and I think all of us can relate to it, but we may not have the right tools for how to beat these temptations. So um, I'm excited that you guys wrote this book, and there's so many other chapters that deal with it, too. So, Steve, just real quick— um, As I read through the list of temptations, I was kind of shocked that I had never thought about overeating or eating unhealthy foods as being like a temptation or wrong, you know, in the workplace. I never, that just was a, a a whole new way of looking at things for me. And I, of course, am guilty of bringing baked goods almost everywhere I go and probably being a horrible temptation for not only myself and Jim, but for others. So just speak to that real quick in, in light of, we know that this is a real passion for you as far as being yeah, healthy. Yeah,
3: well. Yeah, I wrote a, a book called "Bod for Guy." That's probably what I'm best known for. So, uh-huh. so but basically, going no, the, the the question earlier was, you know, what temptation do you struggle with? Well, that for work and everywhere else, that was that that's been my temptation. I, I love to overeat and under exercise, and so I got up to uh, around 350 pounds, almost 350, and had high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes. You know, I was, a, uh, I was a sick man, and uh, God helped me to, you know, through His Word to get that under control. And I've lost over 100 pounds, and I'm disease-free now. And Excellent. So, so basically, the principle is: the food gets near you, it gets in you. <laughs> yeah. And so basically, a lot of it is controlling your your environment, and uh, and so when the candy jar is there, and or the and I'm sure your baked goods are wonderful and maybe one day I'll get to enjoy one of those (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but I do know if it gets near me it's going to get in me and so so in the workplace, it's very common to have the donuts and mm-hmm. uh, and, and things like that lying around, and and uh, and you know here I'm in church, and that you know you know Christians we're the most uh, overweight people. Fellowship, uh, it's called fellowship yeah, in yeah, church. Yeah, pot, it's a, a potluck, right? Right. <laughs> and uh, so so we just have to realize, you know, moderation and you know, you know, an avoidance yeah and avoid you know, you know, again, the principle is if food gets near, you it gets in you, and that's based on don't provide for the flesh and Romans there, so so I think uh, I think we do have to realize it that way, and you know those people are addicted to sugar and, and and it you're at work and you're tired and yeah, you, know, you just want something to give you a quick, quick jump start or whatever. Get you the turn, day. A lot of people turn to those things. So,
0: it is definitely a big deal. All right, I want to deal with another one that that's on the list. It was it came up as number twelve on your list, uh, but you know, David, fear is is on that list. How is fear a temptation for people at work?
2: Well, when you go out um, to your job, uh, you get a comfort zone with your office, perhaps. But from time to time, there'll be changes, special projects, things that will happen that will throw you out of your normal routine. For me, I'm acrophobic. I'm afraid of height. I don't really like uh, going up in high places. But I worked in buildings that had the top management on the top floors. And luckily in and Washington, that's the 11th or 12th floor. If <laughs> in New York, might have been the 100th floor, you know. So. Um, I really had to bring God into that struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, then, uh, you know, He hasn't given us a spirit of fear, uh, but uh, power, love, and a sound mind. I had to believe uh, that His love trumped my fear. Um, there were times where I um, was close to having panic attacks at work, and um, eventually I took a five-month sabbatical. That was my first book. Uh, sabbatical of the mind, the journey from anxiety to peace, and it was uh, that struggle that really brought me into a new realization that my role was to love my employees. If my focus was on them, on making sure they had the resources they needed, that they had the environment they needed, that they had the advice they needed, then uh, all that focus went off of me and my fears and my problems. And God really made me a different manager those last five years by showing me that uh, the manager's job is to care for and love his or her employees first. Everything else has to get done, but it's important.
0: All right. So I I love that. And the fear. So many people deal with so many different kinds of fears. And it is when we start to fear, we we start to really deny and ignore the attributes of God. When we we start to just say, well, God can't handle this, so we start to fear, that's just one of those big issues. But I wanna answer this get this question answered from you guys before we go, because a lot of people have succumbed to temptation at work. Whatever it may be, whether it was a sexual temptation or gossiping or misusing technology, cursing, laziness, anger, complaining, overeating, lying, stealing, compromising your beliefs, fear, whatever it may be, how do we recover from those big mistakes you know, we've beat the temptation the next time, but the first time we didn't. How do we recover from that? Stand our work and still live out our faith in our work. Who wants to take that answer?
3: I'll take it. Well, let me ask. Okay. I think well, me, you know, me, own it. Number one, uh-huh. you just just recognize, hey, you know, I I, I made a mistake, you know, and not blame shift and don't uh, make excuses or whatever. And then I think just do your best to fix it. It's fixable, huh. you know, to any degree, you know. Maybe it's fixable to a great degree or maybe it's fixable to just a little degree but what, whatever you can do you know to make it make it better you know uh, be willing to, right. to uh, do that and then you know learn from it just learn that uh, you know fail forward you know, the old saying goes just, just you know make you know right. the, basically it was the education you know, right. whatever, whatever price was paid maybe it was time maybe it was money maybe it was
0: energy who knows? I want to give David a chance to put his answer in there David go ahead Well, I just wanted to,
2: that was perfect from from Steve, but I just wanted to add that um, realize everyone around you has made mistakes too. And so if you're upfront about it, if you do own it, if you are trying to recover, people will get on your side and come alongside you as you rehabilitate Good yourself so great
0: I- answers I- great answers own it fix it learn from it. it it just and be real i found that if you could just be real and say listen i screwed up i apologize i asked your forgiveness steve reynolds david winters thanks for sharing your book taking god to work thanks for talking about beating temptation to work thank you gentlemen
3: Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thanks
0: for me. Great conversation. Make sure you check him out online. Get a copy of the book "Taking God to Work." eight six six seven one three ninety six seventy five. You've been listening to I Work for Him with your hosts Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace it's our mission field, but ultimately, I work for Him.